0: Hey, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Pint Size Stories. I'm your host, Justin Salinas. So for any first-time listeners, this is a podcast where I have a guest over for a pint of homebrew or craft beer and have them tell their favorite true personal story. It can be of any theme they like and from any point in their life, too. After their story, we'll chat about different things, such as why the story was important to them and what kind of impact the story had on who they are. All of this over a pint of tasty beer. For this episode, I'm joined by the lovely Jesse Crawford. Let's get to it. Okay, so I'm here with Jesse Jesse, how you doing?
1: I'm doing well how are you?
0: I'm doing really good. I uh, had a really really nice weekend. It's been so sunny in Seattle these past couple days uh, and it's just been so so beautiful so doing really well. Uh, do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself so get some uh, context maybe for the story or just you know just a little bit about yourself?
1: Sure. So my name is Jesse Crawford. I'm an Aquarius.
0: <laughs> go, go, go. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs>
1: um, very very important. <laughs> Very More important. specifically, I'm an outdoor educator. I work as my career taking students on extended wilderness expeditions, teaching mm-hmm. them leadership and environmental studies and other areas of curriculum. Um, I travel a lot. But I live on a sailboat. Uh, those are some pretty thanky <laughs> like, things about it. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I would agree. Yeah, Okay, cool. Uh, all right, so today we are drinking um, some craft beer. Uh, not uh, not doing the homebrew on this episode. Uh, this is Firestone Walker, uh, their Proprietors Reserve Opal, uh, which is their one of their dry hop saisons, um, and it is it is pretty damn good. Um, so for just as a little background for saisons, because I think they're kind of interesting style of beer, like a very unique. And how they're made and the history. Essentially, they uh, are summer, like summer drinking beers from the French-speaking region of Belgium. So it's technically a Belgian beer, but made by French people in Belgium. So it's a little bit of a uh, little bit of both, maybe. Uh, and typically, they're made during the summer because the yeast requires like a really high temperature, uh, at least compared to like standard, you know, standard beer yeast. Uh, like IPA's and palos and stuff. You typically keep that on like a little bit of the cooler in. But when you're making Saison's, I mean you can get up to like 80, 90 degrees, which is like crazy for regular beer yeast. Saison uh, yeast is so much uh, so much more um, just durable in that way. And the reason why you get it to those higher temperatures is to like uh, make, give it some like, it pulls out all the phenolics and all like the really uh, estuary properties that like make it, give it the flavor that it has. Um, and yeah, so when I, when I brew them, I, I definitely, uh, wait to the summer and it was like so easy to get to those temperatures, uh, during the, uh, Texas summer times. I was, like, could easily hit like 85, 90 degrees in my bedroom. So, uh, back when I was brewing in Texas. So, um, yeah, this one, this one has like a really nice, uh, like a, like a peppery barnyard flavor as I would think of it. Um.
1: Yeah, it definitely has a, a barnyard smell and flavor, which I never yeah. thought I would want in a beer. Yeah, a, um, little, bit, a
0: little bit of like hay, right? Almost. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a little like wet hay.
1: Right, but I like it and it balances out well with the citrus notes.
0: Yeah, and yeah, and for it being dry hopped, um, it, it doesn't have too strong of like a hop character. I feel like it. Uh, the, the yeast is doing like the majority of the work and usually like the grains that you use are super simple and you just let the yeast do all the work with the high temperature and then it comes out really barnyardy and and uh, hay-like almost, uh, which I really appreciate, it's like so easy to drink in the summer. Uh, and this one is 7.5%, so a little, a little a little bit more boozy than the standard beer that you would find, uh, but sometimes Saison's, uh, they, uh, are, traditionally they, they finish very dry, uh, so you can get a little bit more uh, alcohol in that, uh, you know, eating up all those sugars in the end. But uh, yeah, I think it's it has really like nice like soft like weedy finish too. It, like almost like floats at the end uh, on the on the finish, which is really nice. But uh, cool. All right, so uh, you want to uh, jump uh, jump into the story here?
1: Sure. So I mentioned that I'm an outdoor educator. I work a lot in the wilderness uh, in the U.S. and abroad. And the story I want to tell comes from uh, my first trip abroad as an adult by myself where I went to a outdoor leadership school in India for a month. I went on a 35 day wilderness expedition and I think that would take several podcasts to tell all the stories from that. Yeah, 35 so, days. Right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um,
1: and I, I know there, there are so many novels and writings about the power of wilderness and how it changes a person. So what I'd like to focus on is instead of that component of it, um, which I full-heartedly believe, but instead maybe some of the changes I went through as a human with my experiences and thus extreme fondness of India's transportation systems.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not too familiar with their transportation <laughs> system, so this will be good.
1: Yeah, um, I went through a lot of different experiences when I was there, and I think I went through... a. Uh, pretty interesting progression in my time before and after my actual hiking wilderness course, um, starting in New Delhi and traveling around different parts of the country afterwards on my own.
0: Mm-hmm. Cool.
1: Great. So uh, maybe before I get started, I'll introduce another character to you. Ah. Yeah, his name's Max. OK. And Max is a, a very dear friend of mine now. We are both students on this um, college. It was mostly college-age students on this course. And Max and I met on the the Facebook group. Neither of us had booked our YMCA room yet for our first night there. Uh Um, So we agreed to get a room together. And we were on the same flight. uh, So it worked out. But, so I met Max in an airport in the U.S., and then we flew to New Delhi, and we get off, and one of my first experiences is, holy cow, trying to find an auto rickshaw. Do you know what those are? An
0: auto rickshaw? That's where, like, uh, you, like, sit in the back, right? It's almost like a little little buggy kind of thing? and there were
1: ones that were human-powered or bicycle-powered, but these were um, automotives.
0: Oh, I see. Okay. Right.
1: So (laughs) we're trying to find one of these to take us to the YMCA, and it... Here I am in a whole new country on my own traveling. Um, just met this this travel partner I'm with. But uh, I just remember being kind of not almost harassed from all angles, from different drivers. Like, oh, you need to take mine, and oh, it's this much. And here, let me just grab your bag from you without oh actually knowing uh, if you want to come in my rickshaw or not, so yeah. it, was, it was a very startling first experience. And we finally found a rickshaw, and I I'm sure I've had other moments in my life where I thought I was pretty close to death, but that first rickshaw ride uh, to our hostel was absolutely terrifying. <laughs> I mean, I, in front of me I had this looming anxiety about peak and mountains and carrying really heavy backpacks for my course. And I couldn't think about any of that because I was just terrified about this little piece of metal that was like <laughs> zooming through the highways in between other cars really fast. And so initially my transportation experiences in India were terrifying, like um, very harrowing. Uh, Anyway, so Max and I shared that experience and we were laughing a lot and we became pretty instant best friends. He is a uh, curly-haired fellow with very large glasses and Mm. uh, very prone to giggling. Um, and it was probably a lot due to jet lag, but we stayed up talking that entire first night, Mm -hmm. uh, and developed a friendship pretty quick. So we, we started our course and a, a few days later, my next experience with, um, India's transportation was a train in New Delhi and going through the train station was incredibly overwhelming. I remember just being in a sea of people trying to move my way through it and, at one point, a hand kind of reaches out of the crowd and, like, totally grabs my butt. Oh, <laughs> and Jesus I can't Christ. see who it belongs to. It's that
0: crowded. Yeah, it's yeah. that
1: crowded. There's, It's just um, yeah, a disembodied hand. Uh, and then later, I was very anxious and, like, trying to see if there were other ones going through. One of the very proud moments of mine is seeing another hand come through the crowd later and just, like, smacking it as hard as oh, I could. Oh, for it before. you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that guy. Um yeah i i don't I have no idea who it belonged to. And then I had a moment of terror. like, was that going to get me in trouble somehow? Mm. Um so my first experiences were filled with this fear and this um, not knowing anything about the culture mm-hmm. or the the infrastructure. and but then I went on you know a thirty five day wilderness expedition, so I'm <laughs> <laughs> backpacking in the Himalaya, and hiking around and experiencing some of the most physically and mentally challenging moments of my life. And I, I, I think it took me a while, like years later, to realize how much it changed me. But being able to tell these the stories afterwards of my experiences with India transportation might allude to a little of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of those experiences could be... Once we got off the course, Max and I were like super mega, ultra best friends at this point. Mm-hmm. And we decided to travel around together for um, a couple weeks or a week or whatever until we go back to the States.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And there were some of our course mates that decided that they were going to hire a private driver to take them in an air conditioned car to the Taj Mahal. Jesus. And <laughs> me and Max heard that and we were like, what? No no (laughs) that's ridiculous like that sounds awful neither of us wanted that and so what we did is while our uh, some of our course mates were getting their chauffeured car to the taj mahal we walked down the street found a bus station and hopped on like a third class public transportation bus Mm -hmm. to this small town that had maybe a half page listing in a lonely planet guide oh wow um (laughs)
0: Yeah. What was the name of the town? Do you remember?
1: Oh, I don't remember that one. It was Mm -hmm. just a a waypoint on our way to this town called Bundi that we wanted to go to. But I don't know if it was just that I had now experienced much more challenging things like hypothermia and high mountain ascents. And uh, so that at this point, my fear about the transportation system was gone and I just found myself at the back of a bus with Max and this woman and her family and a bottle of scotch.
0: Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> we picked
1: up cuz they had liquor stores at bus stop stations in India.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Yeah. Um, and just making friends with anyone was a, that was around us. And it helped that we had just had a month of Hindi classes. So mm. and not only were th- some of our instructors were from India. Um, so we had more of an introduction to the culture and the language and all these. A little bit more familiar these with it by things. then. Yeah. yeah. It was it was wonderful. It was so good. And we got to this small town, and we were gonna go stay on an organic farm, and the farm Mm. had its own auto rickshaw drivers that picked us up.
0: Oh, perfect.
1: Yeah, uh, we had made a reservation with them, and they picked us up at the bus stop, and we had the best time ever. I think I showed you even a photo of these guys, like standing next to the sky and laughing. Uh, They taught us how to drive the rickshaw and dirt roads, like using our little bit of Hindi skills to talk to them, and their little bit of English to Uh talk back to us. And so my opinion really started to change about Mm -hmm. this country as a whole and um, my part in it. Um, Finding myself a little more integrated. Uh, And then we had a, a day on a public bus that really stands out to me as kind of a pivotal moment change. Where Max and I got off one bus and when we got off, there was a, a crowd of people outside the bus trying to sell us tickets, which is, I think, fairly normal in India. Um, a lot of people are entrepreneurs or uh, finding their own ways to make money. Mm-hmm. And at this particular bus stop, uh, we were surrounded by a crowd of, I think, at least 50 people like wow. crowding around us, trying to sell us things or get us to go to their friend shops. Um, sometimes in those situations, I pretend that I, I can speak German.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just to like, yeah. No, dumb, dumbass, yeah.
1: And I have a good living, real trick. Right. And I I had really... Developed and focused my ability to stare straight ahead and go straight towards the bus station office mm-hmm. Or things like that and I'm working my way out of this crowd like not making eye contact continuing moving Feeling really competent as a traveler in a very crowded country and I look back and Max is gone
0: Just like and he was with you like seconds yeah, he ago. Yeah, was,
1: he was right behind me getting off the bus and I'm like, oh man, where's Max? Like I can't find him and finally I see him it took like an, five minutes or so for him to get out of this crowd of people. And he's coming out and he's holding two tickets in the air. And Max like runs towards me and he's like, Oh man, they said, okay, the last bus to Bundy is is leaving in 15 minutes. And these were the last two tickets. And I look at him <laughs> sure like, were. oh, Max.
0: No. <laughs> you, <laughs> fell <for it. laughs> you
1: fell for it. You fell for it. But this was a pivotal moment for me in my life because even though there was that initial, like, oh, how could you do that? Like, that's so silly to being like, oh, man. Well, why not? Yeah. So Max and I took those two tickets, which were definitely not to Boondi. Oh. Uh, yeah, so if someone just sold them two random tickets. they you know, and, and some scamming in some places. Mm-hmm. And um, we found the bus that they were for, and we got on and uh, we were able to to communicate a little bit and find out like, no, it's definitely not Tabundi. It's definitely <laughs> not anywhere that we want to go. Yeah. And Max and I looked at each other and said, okay, like, I mean, why not? We're just going to go for it. Yeah. Which is something that has influenced my travel perspective and my life perspective since then, where we just sat on the bus and they're like, you know, this isn't going where you want to go. And we're like, yeah, but we have time and it's okay.
0: Yeah. And, it'll be an interesting it'll be interesting <laughs> either way right yeah. yeah
1: so we we got on this bus and we um went to this town that didn't really have it didn't have anything touristy in it mm-hmm. it was just uh just yeah pretty out of the way small place um but we found so many good treasures in it like found a way to go on a a boat ride in a state park
0: oh and, whoa
1: yeah it had some really yummy food um but uh, yeah, when things seem really uncertain or or challenging, I, I like to look back on that moment a lot. But so we made our way to Bundi, eventually.
0: Oh, so <laughs> yeah. Eventually you get r- two days, real tickets a few to Bundi. Two days later yeah.
1: we found our way in Bundi, This town that had amazing reviews and people said it was so cozy and friendly and wonderful. And we found our way there. And had some incredibly uh, awesome experiences there. I, uh, I have a story sometimes I talk about mm-hmm. play, finding a little music shop and I play the trumpet and play, having a high note competition with a oh, yeah. man in his 70s that was at a music shop and having a crowd gather and how cool that was. Uh, or having this art shop um, with this man named Yug that run it. Ran it and having chai with him every morning before going on my daily bike ride mm-hmm. really made me feel a part of the town. We were the only Westerners
0: only in, ones a, there? in
1: most of the parts of town. Yeah, wow. there were a couple other guest houses, but uh, we only ran into other Westerners maybe every few days. We ended up staying in Bundi for a while.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Yeah. And anyway, I, I'm telling all of this to, to lead up to my favorite train story. Oh, okay. India. So I'd had these initially very harrowing, scary experiences, and things are starting to get better, and then I'm starting to get used to it. And then Max and I find ourselves in a train station to go back to New Delhi from Bundi, and it's a night train. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're at this train station, and there's only third-class, unreserved tickets. Unreserved? Yeah, meaning you buy a ticket, and then you hope that you fit on the train. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Like, cross
0: your fingers? There's
1: no, you're in seat 36D. Yeah. Uh, It's more, yeah, here's your ticket, good luck. Wow. And the the train schedule was a little off, but Max and I were sitting there with our backpacks, and he went to go check on the schedule to see if it was going to arrive soon. Something else about me is that I tend to draw a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I paint and... Uh, make some art and I just had my journal and I was sketching in it and I had these big headphones on and I I think sometimes still as a a female traveler in India I would feel nervous about how I was coming across or how I was being perceived and Mm -hmm. so sometimes I, I would still keep my head low even though I'd had these amazing experiences and so I focused just on my drawing and was doing that for Maybe 10 minutes or 15 minutes while Max was talking or waiting in line at the desk. And after this 10 or 15 minutes, I look up and there's literally a crowd of over 30 men standing in a circle around me.
0: Just just right. looking at like... Yeah,
1: just watching me draw. And I look up and my heart just like... A beat. I'm like, oh man, like uh, I, what I don't you, know what's yeah. I don't know what's happening here or if I did something wrong. And I'm looking around them and I, I take my headphones off, and I was just going to say hello. Um but this little boy steps forward, his dad's behind him, and he kind of pushes him forward. Oh. And he says hello in English.
0: Oh my gosh. And, and
1: I say hello, and he asks me. In English how many drawings I do a day and I could tell he'd worked really hard to like think of this sentence and get his words out there and I tell him that maybe maybe two a day maybe more maybe less Mm -hmm. and he like gets shy he's maybe I don't know seven or eight years old oh so a
0: little boy then yeah
1: and he looks up at his dad and his dad like puts his hand on his shoulder and smiles down at oh him. Oh my gosh. And he like looks up and looks nervous and wants to turn around and his dad pushes him forward again. Oh my gosh. And he keeps, we keep talking. And he asks when I'm, how long I've been in India and I ask him how old he is. And um, it immediately puts me at ease. Yeah. It's, it's really wonderful that despite cultural differences, uh, kids are pretty much kids <laughs> yeah. all over the world. And at this time, Max comes back uh, and he's just kind of standing at the edge of the crowd, like observing, and he thinks this is pretty cool. And eventually, the little boy and I like shake hands, and he gets excited and like runs back to go tell his mom and his oh sister in law and other yeah. people everything that happened. And I can see him from a distance, I'm still with my notebook, and he's using his hands and excitedly telling them everything I said. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I'm smiling really big. And I put my notebook away and I tell Max everything that just happened. And then as I'm talking to Max, I know the train's going to arrive soon.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And the little boy comes back over and he asks me if we would like to join his family on the train.
0: Wow. Uh, That is so nice.
1: It is. And at first that makes me a little nervous and then incredibly flattered. And I look at Max and he nods and I say, okay, yes, please. And we go over and he introduces me to the rest of his family. <laughs> um, and this is an experience I'm incredibly grateful for because of what's about to happen next. Okay. Uh, I had never been on third-class unreserved trains yet in India. Mm-hmm. And as, as I'm waiting there, the, the train starts to pull up. And from my... Western public transportation mindset. I'm like, cool So the train will come to a complete stop and then I will slowly find my way to a door and then I will find my way in that door uh, Wrong, What? that's <laughs> not how it works Okay, in this particular area this train pulls up and people just start running like full sprint running down the side of the train and I'm a little Um, confused about what's happening I have my backpack on and Max is beside me and we start following this family that we just met we're walking down the train and this little boy turns back and he's looks at me he's like Jesse run (laughs) 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 and he grabs my hand and he pulls me like sprinting down the train oh my gosh and it's hard for me to take this all in at once but what I'm seeing are Uh, People like trying to crowd through doorways. I literally saw a baby like passed through a fan to a window to a family member that was on the other side of the window.
0: What the hell? Uh,
1: Yeah. Because there's, it was so crowded. There were people, we finally get on and there were people sleeping in the luggage racks at the top. Like the floor was crowded with people sleeping there. And if I had been on my own own. I would i, I don't know what it would have happened. I probably would have just like gotten overwhelmed, missed the train, and uh-huh. figured something else out. Oh, that,
0: that must have just happened, also. Like all of it was happening <laughs> so fast. It, it was. Sound like...
1: It was so fast, and even though I had an, a a small amount of Hindi skills at that point, there's no way I would have been able to get onto a train car and ask someone to please move aside so that I could sit there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just would have felt nervous about that. And this this boy's family, like. Actually cleared a full bench for me and Max to sit next to them, wow. and we spent the next maybe four or five hours playing games. Like, oh, with the kid? Yeah, yeah, I had my notebook with me still, and uh, they taught me some games that they grew up with, and I taught them some that I grew up with, like car ride games. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then um, I had each. I asked each of his family members to draw a picture for me in my journal.
0: Oh my god, wow. So
1: he did, and his mom, and his dad, and his brother, and his sister-in-law all drew little pictures, and what absolutely, like, ripped my heart out of my chest Mm -hmm. is the drawing the boy did. He drew mountains and a river, and he drew a little raft on the river (laughs) that he was on, and he was, like, (laughs) guiding this raft down these rapids, and I was like, you... I love those yeah. things. You love those things, and he was like, "Yeah." <laughs> wow.
0: Um,
1: and eventually we 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 parted ways. We had different stops. They I, they bought Max and I some chai, and I remember Max was very quiet during all of this. And at one point, I I looked at him and I raised my eyebrow because Max is not generally a quiet person, and mm-hmm. he specifically told me like, "Jesse, this is this is your experience, and I'm going to let you have this one." Oh, I was like, "Oh." Thanks, Max. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and so they bought us some chai, and I was showing this boy some U.S. coins.
0: Oh, okay. Some like U.S. Yeah, yeah and yeah.
1: let him keep them, and his dad was like, please let me give you some, some rupees for that, and we we'll oh. that." him. But. Uh huh. Um. Yeah, I, like my eyes are even watering a little bit oh, now, so thinking God.
0: about how... Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, saying to <laughs> say goodbye <laughs> and stuff. So. Right. Yeah.
1: And it wasn't until uh, a lot of time later that I compared that to my first train experience or mm-hmm. think about the people that I met that taught me how to drive a rickshaw and comparing that to my first <laughs> rickshaw experience where I literally thought I might die <laughs> the likelihood seemed pretty high. yeah um, And so I formed this I formed this relationship <laughs> with the trains and rickshaws and buses of India
0: uh-huh so when when you ride on, on trains now uh, do you feel like uh, like happier like you feel like at at ease on trains like do you like associate them now with like such you know powerful like good uh, experiences because of that?
1: No I I don't know that it's the the trains in themselves and, mm-hmm. and specifically the, the culture of us trains is a lot different oh okay um but what i have taken away from that is i've traveled a lot since then mm-hmm. um right after getting back to the u.s i decided that travel was going to be a major part of my life and i accepted a job offer for the united arab emirates in oman doing outdoor work there oh wow yeah so maybe more what it led me is uh, this urge to urge an understanding of how to get to know people in any area mm-hmm. of the world
0: even even with like language barriers right yeah right
1: Or yeah and to care to do so I have never since then taken any sort of first-class transportation in my <laughs> country. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah wow yeah that's that is so cool um, so uh, like you, you had mentioned that when you know when you first got there you were having like really negative experience with like the rickshaw and you thought you were gonna die um and then you know like the what's it called like those guys were one of them touch your butt and you were like it seemed like it started off a little negative did you feel as though it was going to stay that way like uh, when you were traveling after you finished your exhibition did you like feel like oh my god it's just going to be this this negative experience the entire time or did you like think that it could change into something really positive and it didn't have to stay that way
1: well i think in those initial moments there was more of a I was in more of reaction mode, and it was hard to think about that. Um, I think one of the key elements that changed is that I mentioned I went on this expedition where my Mm -hmm. tolerance to adverse conditions and to uncertain conditions increased exponentially because I was exposed to so many things that I'd never seen before Mm -hmm. um, or felt before. And so maybe coming off of that uh, it was just a lot more open-minded or, mm-hmm. yeah. in general, a lot more positive thinking, which then changed my experience entirely Yeah. versus coming into it initially being just scared and overwhelmed and not knowing, constantly trying to look out for the worst possible result,
0: uh-huh, uh-huh. which yeah. then
1: had me focus on those a lot.
0: I mean, that's like testament of like how transformative, like a 35-day exhibition, how, how transformative it was for you, right?
1: Right. Yeah, yeah. That as as well as even without the expedition component, just, I feel there's such a power in travel, mm-hmm. of in pushing your comfort zone in any area. Yeah. Um, my first experiences on that rickshaw and train, even if I had just never gone on the hiking component and just only kept doing those things, I'm sure would have... Changed my mindset about
0: it all. Mm-hmm. So uh, you you talked about that one point where Max bought those two tickets, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not to the city that he thought it was, uh, and you you sort of made this point that you uh, you could have like uh, had it could have been a, a negative reaction, it could have been a negative thing, but you were like, no, actually, let's do this. This is going to be good. Like let's 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 go where wherever it's going to go. Do you feel? Uh, Like looking back on that now um, do you think that you wouldn't have been so positive and like let's just do it and it'll be great no matter what if you hadn't have had those experiences on the expedition
1: well I think that's maybe not I think that that sort of tolerance is something that can be learned Mm -hmm. which makes me feel funny to say because I I now work for that company that I was a student for in India Knowles. and that's one of our specific course outcomes for like our goals for students mm-hmm. is to find that sort of positivity in challenging situations Yeah. Um, so I could say yeah maybe I would have been okay with it but I think I know pretty specifically that that's what I was being taught and trained to do Yeah. Um, so is... I, I would attribute it a lot to that
0: yeah which is cool to like that you're able to like put that learning and those things that you experience like to use like uh, like almost immediately it feels right. like that. I mean, you just finished.
1: It, it's so transferable.
0: Yeah, it's,
1: yeah, it's wonderful to gain this. Um, and advers- you know, tolerance to adversity from having hypothermia at 15,000
0: feet oh, <laughs> to then being like, so
1: oh, but now my bus is late. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah.
0: Totally okay. There's a little bit of perspective there, I can handle a rel- that. little relativity. Yeah. You're yeah. like,
1: I have a cold right now. Oh, remember that time I like carried a fifty pound pack with a sprained ankle? This is okay. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I think it's a little bit a little bit more manageable. Yeah, Yeah. So I
1: I do believe in the whether it's in a wilderness context or travel or in anything, um, pushing your boundaries of your comfort zone is going to then later allow you to accept more things mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. they are.
0: Yeah, that, abs- that wholeheartedly makes sense, definitely. Um, so you said this was like your first time out on a, on like a longer expedition, right? Yes. Yeah, okay, so when you... Because I've never done, a, a like, a long out in the wilderness kind of expedition like that, but I would imagine for your first time, because I know it's, you know, what you do professionally now, but for your first time, like, coming back into, like, civilization and, and you know, the, the front country, is, as I've heard you call it, uh, was that transition hard uh, to get, like, come back to, like, civilization and come back to normal, like, maybe... I guess, you know, it wasn't quite normal life. You were still traveling in, uh, in India, but...
1: Well, I... I do think that coming back to the United States after that was very challenging. Mm -hmm. Traveling around India felt as just a very natural continuation of the expedition except that I got to have a toilet and (laughs) (laughs) eat out at restaurants and have a beer. (laughs) Uh, There's a mindset I think early on in people that around their first multi-week expedition, where you write lists of, okay, when I'm going to get home, I'm going to have this type of sushi, and then I'm going to eat this flavor ice cream, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to watch this show, and I'm not going to get out of bed for this long. So I think it was um, wonderful to move straight into adventure travel after outdoor adventure. Mm, Uh, Yeah. And that was a very smooth transition. But then coming back to the U.S., where I was sleeping on a friend's couch in Weehawken, New Jersey, was then a little more challenging. Yeah,
0: that, that jump is yeah definitely a lot more different. Yeah, right. yeah I can yeah I can see that. Um, wow! And wait, how big was that expedition? Like, how many? You said you were a student. How many students did you have? And how oh, many instructors? Oh, we had
1: twelve students. Okay. Um, six male, six female, and then we had four instructors. 2 um, were from North America, mm. a Canadian, and a, someone from the States, and then we had two instructors that were from India.
0: Oh wow! And that they're the ones that helped, like, teach the, uh, yeah. the language and whatnot.
1: A lot of culture and Hindi religion and mm-hmm. Hindi language.
0: That is that is cool. I guess it's good that you like had both um, both like uh, countries represented and in the instructors. So it was. Uh, is it, I bet, like a really balanced... Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah I mean, yeah. it could have been fine anyway. Our, oh, yeah. our Indian instructors were incredible. I would yeah. It would have been great to just have them as well.
0: Yeah, that's super cool. And Max, Max is doing well. You <laughs> Did you stay in touch with the, the curly-haired happy guy?
1: Yeah, and Max and I stayed friends. Uh, so this ex- expedition oh. was in 2009.
0: Okay, so it's been a couple um, years.
1: Yeah, we are both in our early 20s, as mm-hmm. were most of the students. And then... Yeah, Max is doing great. He's in Savannah, Georgia. He plays in a pretty cool band called The, dogs. the Curb Dogs.
0: The Curb Dogs. All right. Dogs. Nice.
1: And is still a generally happy, big glasses-wearing, giggly fellow. <laughs> <So> <laughs> that's good.
0: I'm glad he's doing well.
1: should probably uh, Skype sometime soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe
0: let him know that he's. Uh, we're talking about him on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, awesome. Uh, Jesse, I want to thank you so much for uh, sharing your... Uh, your India story and, um, and all that. And yeah, that's, uh, it feels like a, it sounded like a a really big growing experience for you. And it's, it's, I think it must be nice to like look back on that. Um, and look back on the, I know we were looking at the pictures earlier and whatnot of, of that travel. So, uh, yeah, thank you so much for sharing. It means a lot. Thanks.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me. And, uh, thanks to all of you who listened. It's wonderful to share that. All
0: right. Thanks guys. Thanks for listening. Have a good one. Huge thanks again to Jessie for sharing her travel experience in India. It's amazing to see where people can go and what they can accomplish with positivity and an open mind for adventure. Tune in next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Pacific time for another pint and another story. Thanks for listening, y'all.